Welcome to Anxiety and the Artist, the podcast that explores artist's relationship with anxiety, offering insight and inspiration. I'm your host, Allison Chef. My guest today is Amber Petty. Amber Petty is a former actor-turned-writer. In her acting days, Amber performed at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, toured with the musical comedy improv ensemble Baby Wants Candy, and did over 500 performances off-Broadway in Fifty Shades, the musical. Since then, she's written for The New York Times, Thrillist, Greatest, Bustle, MTV, IFC, and many more. Amber currently teaches freelance writing and works on very important projects like her book of short stories inspired by the musical Cats. (laughs) Amber, welcome to the show. (laughs) Yay! Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about your background as an artist and your relationship with anxiety. Sure. Well, I, uh, yeah, so I was an actor, you know, for a long time and I always wanted to be an actor as a kid. And I moved to New York when I was 17 to go to acting school and did all that kind of stuff. And I think anxiety has always been, uh, with me, but it definitely came more to the forefront as I got a little bit older. So like in my mid twenties, I, you know, started getting anxious about life and careers and, uh, the fun choice of, of choosing a profession where you're unemployed most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, especially when I was doing um, Fifty Shades, the musical, which doesn't sound like an anxiety-inducing prospect, but just doing a show all the time, then it was also the anxiety of like, oh, am I doing a good enough job? And is this going to lead to anything? And I want to make sure that it is good enough every show and whatever. And I was starting to have um, real almost anxiety attacks at that point. But I just brushed it off as general nerves for, you know, performing in something bigger than I had before and the basic pressures of of being an actor. So I didn't uh, deal with it at all, Um, (laughs) which was a fun choice. And so then when I moved to when I moved to L.A. from New York, then everything slowed down because I didn't have a million jobs to do and I wasn't doing improv all the time or or all the many things that took up my time in New York and LA just in general is slower. And so then uh, that's when my depression and anxiety, they just got a chance to bloom, bloom and thrive (laughs) in the sunshine. Um, And I realized that like they'd been there, but I (laughs) just hadn't dealt with them. So I had to start dealing with it uh, in LA and I started I went to therapy and stuff like that. And part of what helped it was starting to write because part of my anxieties were both the feeling of having to wait around all the time and not doing enough. Um, So it's like, I'm not doing enough for my career. I don't know where this is heading. I don't know if I'm doing this. I should be doing this, this, and this. But then also you do have to just, you are at the whims of whoever's going to call you in. So it's this weird waiting slash not doing enough cycle that really made me anxious. And by writing and starting to work for little places or publish articles, it just gave me more of a sense of control over Hmm. my creativity, my skills. I didn't feel as much like I was just languishing 
doing nothing. <laughs> um, right. You know, right. I got to do it. And then also instead of having to just work on projects like I better write a play, I better write a one person show, I better write a pilot, you know, these huge things. <laughs> those pressures, yeah. <laughs> like those were hard, but like, okay, I felt bad. <laughs> I didn't feel good, but can I write this article on 10 things you didn't know about Footloose? Yeah, I can. <laughs> I can do that. And by doing that a little by little, you know, it really helped and made me see that the parts of acting that I didn't like didn't make up for the parts that I did. <laughs> and so that's right. why I changed directions. But I do want to be clear that therapy is the biggest reason I'm uh you know, I still have anxiety and depression by all means, but I'm certainly in a much better place. Therapy is the number one reason. Writing is the number two. So a lot of artists are struggling with their identities right now because sure. the industry has shut down and we've been forced to do other things. And you found this really successful way of, you know, taking all of your your skills and training and expertise and sort of channeling it into something else. Um, but I'm guessing that it was not like this beautiful flowery transition. No. <laughs> You're just, you know, floating on clouds. Oh, so, yeah. Just floating um, from one dream to the next, following my hopping. heart. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Hell tell no. us, tell us a little bit about that transition and like, what, what were some of the things that you were thinking and feeling while you were sort of like taking steps further away from acting and more into writing? Well, it's always a little scary because for a while I'd wondered in some ways if I wanted to leave acting, but then you're like, God dang it, I've spent so much time doing this. I've spent right. so much time. Um, I can't just leave it. And it's also not like you hate every part of it. You know, the things I liked about it, I'll always like. Um, but the realities of life, I just didn't want to continue to work in a way where I felt like I couldn't have any control. And I was just at the whims of others and not doing what, you know, all those things. I couldn't like beat those mindset hurdles on my own and continue to be an actor. Like that just wasn't worth it for me. Uh, right. The chance of a, you know, the chance of a one line role on New Girl was not worth it for this, the days <laughs> of feeling like a failure, you know? So right. with writing, so I started writing completely as just a side job with no intention for it to become my main anything. And that helped in some ways because I didn't have as much pressure on the writing side of it. So I could reach out to people and be a lot more confident because I was like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> like, I mean, I do care. Right. I want a job. I, I like doing this, but like, it doesn't have this weight of my years of passion for theater and acting behind it. Mm -hmm. I could just try. So mm -hmm. I start, so that made it easier. And it was nice also to be fair. Uh, it was just nice to like, have people like what I do easily. Didn't feel like I was just fighting <laughs> against things where, you know, in acting and auditions, it's like one out of every 10, maybe people like you at all. And some people seem to think you are a mad woman uh, for even trying. <laughs> so with writing, I had more success more quickly. And it wasn't like it was immediate, but just, oh, hey, yeah, that, that thing, little thing you wrote, can we run it? That article you wrote on video game movies? Oh, yeah, you can. 
that was so much easier than I thought it would be. <laughs> and so even right. though there were still a bunch of rejections in writing, the ratio of yeses were higher. And that was nice. And uh, it started to be fun. Just get again, getting to see my name on a finished anything was so great after I mean, I chose to do improv, but there you mm -hmm. do a lot of work and it, there's nothing to see. There's like no um, evidence it was ever there. And a lot of other stuff, you work on auditions, do that, all that, that disappears. At least if I wrote an article, it was there and my name was on it. And I enjoyed that. So I just found that I was getting then like more resentful of having to go to some commercial audition in Santa Monica on a day when I was going to write. And right. I realized, yeah, I just don't think. And for a while, just like having some kind of stability in my life, which really says something because freelance writing is not the most stable choice, but it was still comparatively so. But having right. more of that stability and more control in my life was more important than, you know, my chance of one day playing Mrs. Lovett in a revival of Sweeney Todd. I just felt like I can still do little performing things if I want to, but pinning all of my monetary life on it is just not helpful anymore. Also, my manager, my only manager I ever had, uh, died in a car accident, right oh as I was gosh. thinking about these things. And I was like, okay, that's my <laughs> sign to switch years. Right, right. Um, so this has been quite long, <laughs> but <laughs> even from there, it still wasn't easy, you know, because... I had dreamed since I was six that I was going to be an actor. And so I would get really sad sometimes and I would think yeah. about it and think it's, it's not that I even half the time I didn't even miss it. And I didn't want to go back to auditions. I really truly didn't want to go back into that world. So I think, mm -hmm. why am I so upset about it? And my therapist described it as going through a grieving process you know, that this yeah. was a massive part of my life for a long time and you can't just snap out of it. So I did have to deal with that. So it, it wasn't like every day was a ray of sunshine after I made that decision. It just sort of helped me get on a path where I felt like I could like actually discover what I wanted to do with my creativity on my own terms a little bit more. And right. also find what I like to do outside of that. You know, I found I kind of liked marketing a little bit, or I liked the idea of creating my own business, which I learned through copywriting jobs I later got and things mm -hmm. like that. So it was a very, you know, it was like a rickety bridge to, right. <laughs> to switching <laughs> over for sure. But if I would have just stayed, that would have been a guaranteed just chasm of sadness, right. you know? So it's right. like, yeah, yeah, I saw the top of the hill. Was it fun <laughs> getting up the hill? No. And I'm still, am I at the top of all hills today? No, I still have little hikes I get to endure, but like staying at the bottom of the chasm was guaranteed horrible. And though right. some of it was bad along the way, overall, you know, you end up on higher ground. Right, right. Um, let's talk about being perfectionists. Um, this is something I know nothing about um, <laughs> at all. Can't relate to it. <laughs> nope. 
can't never relate at heard all. of it. Like an alien <laughs> is talking if someone's talking about it. Right? <laughs> so you are, are a self-professed recovering perfectionist. Tell <laughs> yeah. me about that. <laughs> oh, for sure. So I am a weird perfectionist in some ways because there are things, you know, like if you looked at my living space, you'd be like, ooh, that's pretty far from perfect. Um, <laughs> a mess, and some might say. But And I've never cared about any of that. But for my own stuff, huge, hugely perfectionistic since I was a kid. Uh, you know, like I cried over not getting an A minus, <laughs> lots of wasted time and energy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, totally. And then I think also in the world of acting and especially in the world of theater, they kind of drill it into you even more. Yeah. Where the importance of every performance is so great. And going into a show, you know, you've got to put all your emotions and your real life, you know, you just set that at the door if you're in the rehearsal studio because this is all about our show. And like, it's only made worse. I mean, it's a job where you're, you're like not allowed to get sick pretty much. And the show must go on is the the biggest catchphrase of the industry. So, you know, that didn't help anything. Um, And so when I started very first, like started thinking about writing, you know, I just was like, oh, I'm absolutely not good enough to do this. Like who's going to want anything? Um, And I I only started just because I kind of had to. I didn't want to get another bartending job or anything like that. I was like, "I, I might as well try. Mm-hmm. And then when I started working for a company that worked for all these little uh, blogs, you'd write, I wrote blogs for, you know, $20 an article. And for them, they were like, oh, we'd love to hear pitches from you as well, where you pitch an idea instead of just being assigned an idea, you, you know, pitch a possible topic for a story. And I immediately was like, well, I can't do that just immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. And luckily I thought, well, have you tried at all? Do you have any <laughs> fast proof that that's impossible? Uh, and that, that answer was no. So I did try and I was like, oh, that's not so bad. Um, a lot of these ideas get used. And also by going into that kind of writing where it was entertainment pieces and small things, it helped remind me that not everything in the world is, is perfect, obviously, but it almost hardly has to be good. It's just, <laughs> is this clear or interesting? That's it. And my bar for myself for what was good enough was so completely out of whack with what people even wanted. So mm-hmm. when it comes to writing, especially I think perfectionism holds so many people back because we only see finished products and we only tend to remember really beautiful, great things. Yet, did you read, did you read, uh, did you take a quiz that told you which Game of Thrones character you're most like? Or did you go on BuzzFeed and see 10 things uh, you'd only know if you were a 90s kid? Or even did you just read something, uh, somebody's take on a movie? And I'm not denigrating any of these things. I've written all those things. (laughs) But like, (laughs) you, you probably enjoyed it, right? You didn't necessarily walk away going, boy, Amber Petty, let me write down that writer's name. She's going to be something. (laughs) You just enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. You moved on with your day. And that's all it needs to be. And by working on some of these small, these smaller articles and kind of more fun topics, it just builds up your own confidence 
and starts to tear away, not tear away, but starts to eat away at that perfectionism bug, you know, inside of you. And so that when you want to write something that's maybe more personal or a bigger deal, or you do want to write that play or pilot, it's easier because now you have that experience of doing it and getting a result and not having the world end if it wasn't the greatest article of all time. Coming up, Amber discusses how she embarked on a seemingly silly project that led her to be more confident and creative. You say you haven't written big things, but you did write a book of short stories. Technically, I've written a book. Yes, by the musical Cats, and I, I, I need as a musical theater nerd, I, I need to ask you about that. Of course. <laughs> well, it's very important book. work. I know we all remember seeing the press releases and just like, <laughs> oh, that press tour. Uh, the late night host couldn't get enough of it. I mean, I shouldn't make fun of myself because like doing anything is um, amazing <laughs> in this but world. And, and what's like this passion? Like you're like, I'm a nerd about the musical Cats. I'm going to write a bunch of short stories about it. And, like who else has done that? Well, and you know what? And I'm making fun of myself because uh, that's my way. <laughs> but I would never <laughs> make fun of anybody else who did it. And I think it was cool. So The reason I am actually proud of this silly book is that one, it's like the first time I've ever been able to write something and or create anything almost quite frankly and enjoy the process of it. And just the art of doing it felt important to me Mm -hmm. because especially as a performer, you know, it's just hard to not work on something and want people to, you know, love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and have a big response because you put in all that time. Whereas this, I was like, you know what? Let me just go with my weird um, desire to write these little (laughs) short stories and publish it. And because I had a mailing list of people, I was like, you know what? Somebody will read this that is not related to me. And for now, that is all I need from this. And that's exactly what happened. And it and it was fun. And the thing is, I do, I technically do have a book under my name. <laughs> I did complete something I wanted to do. And that was a very just creative, silly project. And doing that did make a difference to me. It proved that I can. So the next time I write something that's a little less silly, you know, I will be, uh, I'll know that I can, I can do it. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> So what advice, seeing as you've like just taken all your creativity and, and channeled it into um, into something really successful, um, what advice do you have for other artists that are struggling with anxiety? Sure. Well, go to therapy if you can, for sure. Um, then, uh, if you can, I know it's not always accessible. Um, then I think just take small steps to think of what else you like and what else you're good at. Because all of the skills you've learned as a performer and as an actor, I mean, they're all going to come into play no matter what you do. And they'll show up in really fascinating places. So it can feel like, oh God, I've got to like start from scratch and just leave all this behind and nobody's going to care about anything I've ever done. And that's not true. Everything you've learned will still just manifest in a new way. I mean, even when I had a full-time copywriting job, I ended up 
doing their live YouTube videos every week and like making a jingle for one of their videos, you know, weird things like that kind of show up again for you. Um, And just think about what it is, what else that you like and that you're good at. And you don't have to put the pressure of, well, this has to be my next thing and this has to be my, my big thing and what I do forever. That's a great way to uh, not do it because it now has so much pressure. Whereas if you're just right. kind of curious about just what are other things I like and then start to look around and see who else is doing that or where else that could be monetized or what the possibilities are because everything feels impossible at first, but with little steps, you really can have a different career that you like. And if you don't like it, you can always go back to acting. Or if you don't like it, it can shift into something else. There's just, with the internet, there is a wide, such a wider world of possibilities. And the fact that you can tell stories and talk on camera and express yourself, like those things go into so many jobs and many people are not good at any of that. So (laughs) you coming into that uh, can be helpful. And then like, I don't know, in boring ways, (laughs) look into (laughs) marketing careers um, because they always want people that are good at storytelling and who can understand what an audience thinks or feels. And sometimes coming in to that space without a massive marketing background, it makes you seem like you're this one in a million thinker that's so creative when really you're just bringing your natural creativity and you're not doing the same thing that everybody else is doing uh, because you haven't just kind of gotten into those rhythms and cliches. So that's an avenue for people, but there are lots of other avenues um, out there for performers. Amber, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your wit and your wisdom. It's so appreciated. (laughs) Thank you, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks to my guest, Amber Petty. For more information on some of the topics we discussed and to learn more about Amber and her work, head on over to our website, anxietyandtheartist.com. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and share. Tell a friend. We'd also appreciate it if you could leave us a rating or a comment in whatever podcast app you're listening to us on. Until next time, be healthy and stay creative. Anxiety in the Artist is produced by Cluster Productions and recorded in the Studios. Music and engineering is by Bosco Chef. This podcast represents the opinions of Allison Chef and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for information purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical